0: Everybody, this is Xixiao, this is yet a new episode of Salesforce Way Podcast. Today I'm sitting with a new guest, his name is Niklas Vuoyami. Hello Nicolas. Yes. would you like to quickly introduce yourself?
1: Why not? So so my name is Nicolas Vuoyami, I am CTO in Claudity, who is a Pan-European Salesforce integration partner. So we are mostly middle market, but we, as we are growing, we aim to uh, to have more and more big clients uh, soon, and uh, and this is my job during the day and during the night. I do a lot of open source around Salesforce, but not also, but also around code quality. So I am also the author and maintainer of megalinter which is basically you can install it on any project in any technology, including Salesforce projects, and it will detect lint, uh, code quality issues, code smells, security issues, etc.
0: So you just mentioned that you do open source in your spare time outside of work right this megalinter.io that's one of your your babies yes. basically Right? But okay. maybe
1: I prefer seeing it as a community project now because I have more than uh, persons who oh. contributed to the repository. Compared okay. to SFDXRD, it's a lot. SFDXRD, it's only 13. But when you start an open source project, it takes time. And what you want is to have more and more people also working on it, adding new features, sometimes fixing fixing bugs, <laughs> And so you don't have to do everything yourself. I think an application that is understood only by one person is not reliable because the day this person gets hit by a bus or abducted by aliens, uh, who will who will manage the maintenance? So, I like I like to see open source projects, especially the ones I work with, as a community projects more than Nikola Viamis projects.
0: Mm. But which one now is more popular and with more contributors? You have the Megalinter, and you also have this SFDX hardest that we're going to talk about in this episode, yes. right?
1: Uh, the more popular is Megalinter today, it is it is used all around the world by big companies. Uh, I recently discovered that the NSA, the real one, was using Megalinter on an open-source project. Also the CERN in Switzerland, uh, the English Ministry of Justice, AWS, Google. So okay, okay, uh, okay. It's, uh, <laughs> it's growing, it's growing. But it's easier because it addresses all ecosystems, whereas CFDX it is just for the Salesforce ecosystem, which is uh,
0: smaller. Uh, maybe already a bit off-topic now. I know what yeah. linter is for language, but I never used the mega linter. It's like a similar thing it does. It's yes, more it, it, for it, it, is
1: uh, it is embedding a lot of linters, probably the ones you are already using individually.
0: Okay, so you kind of like combine the ones under its umbrella.
1: Yes, for example, it embeds a SFDX scanner, which is a SFDX plugin who itself embeds a PMD, ESLint.
0: Oh, uh, uh, so. okay, okay. That sounds good. Okay, I'll, I'll also take a look and put the link into our show notes. So, this episode, I want to talk about the hardest. That's one of your other babies now as the community contributions. But uh, it's more all for DevOps, right, in Salesforce, it's to helping the companies to manage the DevOps task.
1: Uh, part of it is for it. It can do a lot of more uh, more things, but but yes, the main usage is to have uh, ready-to-use CI/CD pipelines and tooling to make to allow anyone to work on the CI/CD project, and depending the people are admins or developers. And and also, it is what is nice with open source. It is free, <laughs> so <laughs> so that's why it can have some success because it may be less advanced on many points, especially UIs, than other pending tools. But but the gap of the pricing can be considered big enough for many people to to choose the open source and production ready and proven solution.
0: Mm. You know, I had the initiative to engage with you because i was working with leo yokinen we were working in the same company i know he contributed into this project i have not talked with leo about what he really think is good but maybe you can give a quick pitch to me why people should really use it
1: Yes, sure. First, I would like to to thank Leo for talking to you about uh, SFDXRDIS uh, and also thank him because uh, he made a huge contribution to SFDXRDIS uh, because uh, initially it was uh, working with GitLab and Azure and uh, Leo liked it but wanted it for uh, GitHub, so he Hmm. implemented himself. The compatibility with GitHub, so so it is a good example of uh, I can start something which is continued by other great people, and and Leo is one of those great people, <laughs> and and how can I sell sell something with no price? Basically, today the first uh, the third point. Is to make anyone understand that uh, org-based deployments, meaning change sets, meaning click deploy, meaning the simple version of Gearset, it has to be over because when you work directly with orgs and no Git, you have no versioning. You don't. You, you can test something in a user acceptance test environment and then make a deployment in production and you are not insured to have the same metadata, so to have the same results. So, basically, today with Salesforce, even if Salesforce has, a, has absolutely not been made for DevOps, really it's uh, DevOps with Salesforce, it's awful. When you did DevOps hmm. with other technologies, you see DevOps with Salesforce and... Uh, but, but basically, you, you have two ways to do DevOps with source. You can use the third-party tools like Salto, Copado, Gearset, Autorabit, Observa, There is a lot of, of great products. And if you are uh, working mostly in middle, middle market, like, like me and, and Clodity, sometimes it can be difficult to tell clients, oh, you have to pay dollars by month by user, sometimes more, just for deployments. So, the second option is to script yourself uh, the DevOps process, but to do that you need you need to have someone with a big knowledge of DevOps and Salesforce and SFDX and Metadata API. You have to script a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And if you are working in multiple projects, those scripts you will have to copy-paste them and maintain them and it can be quite boring. and it is what we started to do at, at Cloudity, and it worked very well because uh, we have people knowing DevOps. We know how to make a, a useful CI/CD pipeline, but we didn't want to maintain uh, long Bash scripts, YAMLs, etc., in our hundreds of projects. So we decided to package the scripts so they can be they can be maintained at only one place and you don't have to, basically you can focus your time on really deploying and working and not scripting the stuff for deployment on each project. And as we did it uh, for uh, all our internal projects, and we saw that it was working, we decided to expose it to the Trailblazer community. So so first, uh, to be nice to people, <laughs> because we use often open-source tools like SFDX Git Delta by Sébastien Colladon, like SFDMU uh, by Noff, like TechSafe Plugin by, pa- by Fabien Taillon. And so as we use the other plugins of people, we say, why not sharing ours? And, and I like the result because the result is someday a guy named Leo or another guy named Roman in Germany, they say, oh, we, we want that. We want uh, this new feature and we implement it. And so uh, by sharing our work for free, mm. we benefit from the work of others. And it's it's, it's what is what is really nice with, with the Trailblazer and open source community. Mm. Maybe I drifted a little of your initial question.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, it's okay. You tell a high-level picture what it is, what's going on. But uh, to me, I don't have the chance, or I didn't put the time like Leo or other contributors to really study the core part. What, what's what's the logic? What's the patterns underneath? As a user, if I just want to grab your solutions and start to use it, is it possible? Is it easy?
1: Yes. Yes, because we we have a full documentation and in each part of the documentation is targeting a persona. You have three personas. You have... First, the contributor. So the contributor is the person who works on a CICD project. So they have a page with what they need to install before, with a video. Then they have another page telling them what to do when they want to start to work, what they need to do when they need to commit their changes, when they need to make a pull request or merge request. And we, we create more and more video tutorials because documentation is nice, but nobody likes to read it. But when you when you make a a complete documentation with a five minutes five minutes video. People take the five minutes to, to look at the video and they can mm-hmm. self-train on the tool. Uh, but what is really important is to know that on each CI/CD project, you need someone that will take the role of release manager. Because without a release manager, it won't work. And the release manager, it is Usually a developer, but not mandatorily. I know some admins, in cloudity that can uh, be release managers. And these are the people who know more than the others about DevOps, SFDXRDs, deployment issues. And they will help their team anytime they will have an issue.
0: Mm. Sounds like a scrum master in the team to tell people how to do stuff. The best mm. practices. <laughs> if,
1: if you were talking about Agile, yes, it could be, uh, could be that. <laughs>
0: Okay. And uh, I would assume this release manager, at some point, he would handpick the features from the contributors' feature branch your commits, pick them uh, and pack uh, them. We, we like uh,
1: to to give autonomy to, to the contributors. So okay. the release manager, it, it depends on the size of your project. You can, allow, you can allow contributors to, let's say, validate themselves, their pull request, and if the controlling jobs are okay, <laughs> Or you can you can uh, answer, you can define a peer review or release manager review. It it depends because you, you have to see SFDXRD's CICD CI/CD pipeline as something flexible. You you have let's say a standard CI/CD and rules which is opinionated based on our experience, but you can you, you can change. For example, you can decide that CRM analytics metadata you don't. De- deliver them with, with CICD, but manually, for some reasons. you the, the release manager can decide which which rules to break and why, enfin, usually okay. for the, the, the better good.
0: Hmm. And I also understand that there is another role called setup manager.
1: Yes, the setup manager, it is the person who... Um, set up the SFD XRD CD pipeline. So it can be on an existing project. So you have uh, all these steps for the setup are also described in the documentation. So you will start from your production org. You will get all relevant metadata. You will create pre-prod, integration, UAT, sandboxes. And you will configure the, serv- the CI server authentication between deployment users and, and the, the orgs where you want to deploy. So... But the setup, you can you can do a simple setup or an extended one. If you do a simple setup, it can take... I have my uh, my colleague, Angelique, who is uh, an admin. She takes two hours to, to set up SFDXRDs on an existing project. But when you do that in two hours, you start with no metadata in your repository, and it is incremental. Every time someone will update or create something, it will be added to the repository. But I... I don't like this way too much, but when you don't have budget or charge, it allows any project to quickly switch to CI/CD. And if you have a little bit more time, you can make a full initialization, a full setup by uh, retrieving uh, metadata and have a first state that you have to, to build manually. But again, it is, it is described. And once the setup manager finished his job or her job, he or she can disappear from the project the release manager will handle and it's okay.
0: But there are some general challenges in Salesforce just across the org and the, the Git repository. So for example, I still don't know hard is Was it a source? How, how do we call it? The org based or is it no, a source code no. based?
1: Vade Retro, source based.
0: Uh, source based,
1: okay. <laughs> all the plugins you see, like Quixascale from Aslam or um, mm-hmm. Cumulus CI or SFDXRsys, it's all source based.
0: So that means if somebody changes the metadata files in org, what would happen if they manually change things? You, so have,
1: you have, in SFDXRDIS, you have a plugin and a Visual Studio Code extension with a menu. And you have a simple menu. And basically, when you want to, to save, to prepare, to publish what you changed in the org, you have a button where, where you will click, saying, bring back my updates locally in my files, in my Visual Studio Code. And then you select what you want to commit. And you have another button uh, that I called uh, Save, to simplify, and Mm -hmm. um, and this button will uh, run automatically some scripts. For example, uh, it can, um, uh, you know that uh, on the profiles in two years, I think, Salesforce will deprecate the rights on the object and fields. Some admins, they continue to put rights on the fields. And if you let that, it means that in three years you will have to migrate to boring. So with SFDXRDIS, we anticipate that. And if there is some object or custom fields rights defined on the profile, we just remove them from the XML. So you also, SFDXRDIS will also clean your metadata and make them more close to best practice that if you did four DX manually, see?
0: So just to step back, what you just mentioned is that we are deprecating the profile and use the permission set, right? That's what you yes. mean. And in case the user adds something into the profile, you would take it back and put it into the permission set.
1: I won't move it to the permission set. I will just remove it from the profile.
0: Okay. <laughs> basically, you pro- prohibit it, it happening yes. basically in the profiles. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes, that, that's definitely one of the challenges to, to manage the profiles across environments. So it's a source code based, and you have the Visual Studio Code plugin that basically is to support admin level who touches yes, it the, is, uh, code you in have, the UI. You have
1: simple menus for admins. And for mm-hmm. nerds uh, like me and maybe you, you have more advanced menus when you can do uh, more stuff. Even not, not CI stuff, you can, for example, export. All the all the files stored in Salesforce around uh, opportunities for the last year, for example. You have uh, commands like that. Mm. Uh, you you have uh, commands to uh, you know uh, when you refresh a sandbox, all the emails are with invalid, and so we have we have a little menu uh, that will allow in three clicks to remove the invalid for uh, everyone uh, with admin profiles or even the, the users that you select. Basically, uh, I work with a lot of admins uh, and developers. And when I see them uh, doing a boring and repetitive task, uh, I say, maybe we can do something for you to simplify uh, your work. So um, Mm -hmm. we also have, for example, uh, a command to remove uh, all the flow versions because when you reach 50, you cannot create more. And you have to delete white band one in the UI, and it's boring. And uh, so we have, we also have little commands to to simplify the work of everyone. And we want everyone to ask for new commands to to tell how oh, this is boring to do that 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 that, and we can try to, oh. to automate it.
0: So that's feature in Hardy. You can kind of combine yes. these little features, even though they are not related. They are just yes. some boring, repetitive tasks that people are doing, you think it should be automated, and then you added them. So you must have like a secret list of those commands, So how do I know what no, what, what no, things no. I can find?
1: Like everything, it is all in the documentation. And you, you just type SFDXRDs in Google and you, you will see all of them. And also when we have a command, because with open source, if you want it to work, you have to communicate about it. And I'm not a communication person uh, usually. I prefer to code, but like I do today, I force a little bit myself to do more communications because because it helps spreading the open source usage, and and so so we, we write sometimes some articles on Medium on Cloudity blog, uh, so some videos also. I do a lot of uh, posts on LinkedIn, so we, we try to, to tell people to tell freelancers about what's existing, what's new, uh, what's to come. So we try to make a lot of communication about it. <laughs>
0: hmm. So you mentioned the hardest has the Visual Studio Code extension. It also has the SFDX plugin extension, right?
1: Yes, it is a, it is a bundle. You, you have the command line plugin, and you have the VS, Visual Studio Code extension, and they both communicate together. For example, when the oh. command line asks questions, in the first version, the questions were in the terminal and you use the arrow, up, down, blah, blah, blah. But my admin colleagues, especially my good friend, Michael, if you see me, Michael, hello. <laughs> they, they said, go to hell with your command lines. We don't want to use command lines. So I said, okay, I see what I can do. And so I created a menu that calls command lines. And this is basically the Visual Studio Code extension. And when there is questions Inside the command lines, they are sent to Visual Studio Code extension. And so we use the Visual Studio Code prompt interface to, to ask the questions, the select, to display stuff. So, so it's a simple UI. But, but basically, you see command lines, but you never have to interact with it. You click on the menu to run to launch it. It does stuff in the background. And when there is a choice to make, you look in your Visual Studio Code, and there is a pop-up question, and you just click or uh, right to uh,
0: transfer it. Mm. But this also comes up another question. Usually, when we use Git, we we use the feature to track who modified something, mm-hmm. right? That's a really important feature. But if in this way, does the admins use the UI to use like a general service account? To no, no, no.
1: They all have their own uh, Git account. Especially to do what you told, to have a history of versions on all metadata so you know why someone did what, when, mm. uh, who validated, etc. So we, we use the full power of Git to, to finally have a little idea about what's happening in our project, <laughs> contrary to before with change sets or whatever. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great addition.
0: Yeah, I ask this question because um, I have used some other third party proprietary tools, Mm -hmm. they use some general service account to move the commits from one branch to another and deploy to the org. And in the end, I don't know, was it the configuration was, was incorrect or was it the tool? Mm, it
1: depends also because I know it's it's not a big secret, but some third-party vendors, you are supposed to sell one license by a user, but ah, some third-party okay. vendors tolerate the sharing of users.
0: Okay, because by doing that, when I check the history and get it basically all flooded by the same service account, yeah, so it's, right? It's you <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's happened. Okay. So since we have touched on other tools about Salesforce DevOps, I also in the past two episodes I talked with DX at Skills Aslam and Ramsey, they are doing a you know, different project as well. So we also have the third party tools has been many years in the ecosystems. And uh, we also have the Salesforce DevOps Center coming up, etc., <laughs> uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I know it's a bit baby face DevOps at the moment. Center, I
1: can. Uh, <laughs> I have to remember what how I described it at Dreamforce. Now, the DevOps Center, it's like every new great, amazing feature in Salesforce. When it's just released, it's not great and amazing. It comes <laughs> with time, and uh, so for the moment, we tried internally because. When the, when the wheel is already existing, we don't want to create another one and maintain it. So we, we tried it. But first, it works just with GitHub. And internally, we have GitLab. So <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a bad start. It, it was too complicated for, uh, for doing uh, less than what uh, SFDXRDs or Data Scale or Cumulus CI uh, can do uh, today. So mm-hmm. I think maybe in two or three years, Maybe the DevOps center will be awesome and at this at this time I will say okay guys let's stop SFDX hard disk for DevOps because we have something standard. So when there is something standard, let's use it. But for now we I think we are still a little bit far away from that.
0: Mm. Talking about the, the tools you mentioned why the hard disk was created, because you have multiple projects, multiple scripts, different versions of the same things, it's already hard to manage. But the there are something that should not be really part of the DevOps uh, pipeline. For example, translations. Is there really a necessity to really add the translation through the pipeline?
1: Um, it depends because, because if, uh, if you are in a multi-country project and during the, the user acceptance phase, every country will validate that the translations are good, you cannot do mm-hmm. them directly in production. You have to do them somewhere else. And once you have done something, instead of manually exporting, importing in each org, maybe you prefer to have it in in your uh, Git and deployed automatically. But again, it is it is a decision that has to be taken by the release manager, by waiting the pros, the cons, and by choosing the, the less complicated solution. You can also, it is something I like about SFDXRDs, you can also define which metadatas you will never overwrite. So, I can give you an example. It could be translation, for example. If uh, you you have a file where you can configure the list of metadatas to not override, and you can say, for example, if my translation exists in the target org, for example, the production, do not overwrite. Else, deploy it. So, it means that the first time you will deploy and then the metadata will be maintained directly in production because the CICD will never overwrite it. it. It is the same for reports, for example, because you build some reports for your clients and you, they arrive in production, but it is normal that your client wants to add a column or whatever. You cannot ask a client to, to create a jira ticket and wait for the next delivery to add a column on a report. So... So you can you can secureize what you can what can be overwritten and what cannot.
0: Hmm. But for this feature, would it fail the deployment?
1: No, no, no. Basically, when you see something that you have to not overwrite, you just remove it from the list of metadata that you want to deploy. They stay in the repository, but we we dynamically create a package XML that is used oh. for deployment. And and to do that, we mix, there is a command that builds the whole package XML of an org, from an org. And with this one, we compare with ours, we compare with the list of stuff that we do not have, we cannot overwrite. And at the end, it gives us um, a package XML that contains only the elements that we want to deploy minus the, the ones we don't want to overwrite.
0: So it will magically calculate, compare the two works, find the delta and prepare the package for you.
1: We don't deploy the delta. It is something that we are working on, but we prefer to deploy everything because it teaches admins not to update directly in reproduction or production because the first time they do it, next deployment, it is overwritten. Uh, mm. the layout of, So they are unhappy. But we say it's like that. I told you that you cannot do that here. It is the principles to have a source of truth in, in code and not in
0: Orcs. But what if the repo is really huge with hundreds of thousands of apex, a lot of other things when we do you, this? You wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was wish... the, the
1: It is the safest way because, because and, and also every time you make a deployment with a saved you run all the local uh, test classes. Uh, you don't select the ones you want to run because you cannot know for sure that your update will not impact something very far away. So by default, when you simulate a deployment and when you process it, you you run and. Indeed, on huge orgs, I have I have a big client, and there are four different Salesforce partners working on the same uh, with the same production org as a target, and the org is maybe eight years old. So a merge request control job can take one hour, but it is a price for for safety, for stability, and and to keep your production with too much mess.
0: But is this approach? Common in other tools, like the third-party tools I've used in the past, they always calculate the delta. Mm, to it deploy.
1: depends, and, and the deploying in delta or specifying uh, the the test classes. These are topics that are highly discussed on SFDX. Mm. SFDXRDS by default we deploy the version because we consider we have a version we deploy it but uh, you can uh, talk uh, with with Pablo Gonzalez he's a friend but sometimes we disagree or with other people it's a debate because there are the ones like me who say safety first and there are others who say okay but what about uh, performances and there are pros and cons for each, each side, and but anyway, in a few weeks, it is a request of one of my clients, it will be possible to select if you want to deploy everything or in Delta. It will be just a configuration variable in SFDXRDs. Uh, so even if I disagree with, with such with such actions, the Delta deployments, especially in production, uh, I don't want my own opinion to prevent someone from using SFDXRDs. So, It is, for me, not the best choice, but I prefer someone using SFDXRDs with Delta uh, because I allowed it uh, with an option than someone saying, no, uh, if uh, SFDXRDs doesn't do Delta, I won't use it. See, I try to adapt um, what the tooling can do.
0: You can diverge, right? Yeah. We have the second generation packaging already in Salesforce for a couple of years. That's hardest to support, like split things into multiple repo. No,
1: if, if, you want, if you want to do that, I think Aslam already told you, but to do that with open source, this is DXR scale. Uh, SFDXRDs can be used to create one managed package. So if you are a change editor, because Cloudity, hmm. we, we are editor for several companies of their AppExchange solution. So you can use SFDXRDs for one package. But also having 50 packages deployed in orgs, etc. Scale already does that very well. Maybe Cumulus CI too, no less Cumulus CI. So there were already wheels for that. And... But it's, it was too complicated for our population where there is a lot of admins. So so I think it, it is a cleaner way to do DevOps to use DXS scale because you have modular stuff, etc. But it is much more complicated to explain to everyone to onboard admins, in my opinion. That's why SFDXRDs addresses... It is more mainstream, SFDXRDs, because anyone can install it, can use it. But you cannot do Modular advanced stuff like the XScale.
0: Before we end, do you have anything else you want to share with our listeners?
1: Uh, but first, thanks to you for your invitation. <laughs> no <laughs> worries. Thanks to all the Trevezer community by using what we do and contributing more and more. And like I always say, when you want something and when you when you are angry about something in, this, in SFDXRDIS, complain and in GitHub issues, so we will see it. So mm-hmm. it is by people complaining or asking more stuff that we make the tooling better. So we are nice people, don't hesitate to, to ask for stuff, to complain, to communicate, and, and it will make this Trailblazer community project even even more capable. Hmm. Thank you, Nicolas.
0: See you next time, take care. Okay. bye-bye.